Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I'm your host, Honest Abe, and we are broadcasting show number 483 of KMA Talk Radio from sunny South Florida. And as always, I'm going to adjust this cam here a little bit. There we go. And as always, I am joined with my trusty crew, the man they call the GOAT, Alex Tavella, the man who's always teaser and rumor-free and always has the scoop, William Cooper, and the man who seemed to have shunned off all weddings, baby showers, <laughs> breasts, uh, Disneyland, who happened, who was going to be a guest host tonight this week, Paul <laughs> Italian Scallion DeGracco. Welcome back. Uh, to talk so well, that was the greatest intro so ever. Good. It really was, actually. And I, I could tell he was a little nervous that his mic was still screwed up, but he kept going like a professional. But it sounds great. Keep going, bro. Keep going. Push no wedding, girl, no weddings, no brisks, no baby showers, nothing this Saturday. Amazing. Uh, first of all, I think it's a brisk, not a brisk. Yeah, brisk, brisk is like brisk, brisket. You know. Listen, I was traveling for work, and we have basketball games on Saturday, and it's been very difficult, and I've been trying to make it work I, it would it'll only be for a couple of weeks but uh listen i'm happy to be back my kids both have the flu so we're not doing basketball today so i was like all right oh. i'm gonna do the show bye so. <laughs> you give your kids flu shots abe um i don't know I don't my know. wife my wife can you know takes them to the doc i don't even know who their primary care physician is i don't know where they are god forbid ever got oh, to see, the I, doc. I at least know our know ours but no. like i don't I, we just like i don't know we like we feel like the flu shots for people that are like compromised or ill or older right you don't give your kids a flu shot right alex no i don't i do not i mean but I it's been not. four days of hell i'm not gonna lie i don't i, I i've never taken a flu shot oh ever I have twice, and one time I got deathly ill from it for two years. I did this year. I did this year. Did you get sick from it, Coop? Yep. Well, I, I got the I got the flu and the COVID at the same time, so it got me sick. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Double bubble. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, Paul, you're yeah. very green. I have a you need to work. You need to you need to hit that fade a little bit. Yeah, green, and you look, like you, got, you look like you got a bloody nose, like Stephanie Watch you this morning. Yeah, and and you yeah, yeah, you're very green. You almost look like you have jaundice. Well, you know what? Like, my you're like greenish here is yellow. one of those old school. You got to hit the fade, and now your settings. You got to hit the fade. You got to work on that fade. I don't even know what that means. On my hand, so I, I have one of those old school lamps that has like the settings. green glass on the it. Settings. I wonder if it's that. Your I'm virtual in background. Setting. 
your virtual background it has a fade button all right all right fade. i'll get on it it's a fade it has a fade button well speaking of traveling and trips uh william uh you went to a, the nicaragua cigar festival yes first time uh first time in the festival uh not my first in nicaragua Duh. so yeah but um well, I mean, a lot of people, they, they say first time to me, and they said, oh, you know, I said, yeah, and they, and they think it's my first time in Nicaragua. So it, I was asked it so many times, it was kind of kind of funny, but I know for you guys, obviously not. How was the festival? I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, it was going back to Nicaragua this year was a lot like going back to PCA last year. It had this family reunion vibe to it, you know, because this was the first time a lot of people went back to Nicaragua since since COVID broke out. And, uh, you know, so I think the country was very hospitable. We're very happy to see the tourists back in there. The, the cigar people were extremely happy to have everyone back. And for folks who don't know, the festival is, it has a different vibe than maybe events in the U.S., in that you get to see a lot of people on the production side and the agricultural side who maybe don't travel stateside as many times. And, uh, you know, so it's a great opportunity to kind of obviously see the facilities, but also interact and mingle with the people there as well. So uh, very well. I think it was I think it was very well run this year. Um, and I, I haven't I don't have previous ones to compare it to, but I've talked to enough people who've been to multiples where they felt that they came back pretty strong this year at the festival. Were there any consumers there? Or is this really mostly an industry event? Um, it's it. This is you know, it's an event that is geared to consumers, and I met plenty of consumers. But it's kind of funny because when the evening galas come out, it's probably more industry people than consumers. I would say this is not as big as Pro Cigar. There was probably about a hundred to one hundred fifty people registered for this um, thing. But when you get to the galas, you see three or four hundred people, and that's because all the companies come out that that night so it, it definitely there's a lot of industry people that come to this as well interesting and it was what four days uh five days four nights so that's, they do, yeah that's a long festival yeah they do two days in granada um which is like a colonial city uh outside of managua and then the last three days they go up to esteli and the granada piece is mostly more cultural and, uh, you know, so you get a little bit because they, they are trying to promote Nicaraguan culture and tourism. So that piece is more cultural. But then as you go up into Esteli, that's where it turns more into the cigar angle of things. And, uh, you know, you, you pick various factories and farms you're going to go visit. I got to see Padron this year. I had never been to Padron's uh, factory. Really? Before. Yeah. Was, was that by invite or is it just like open for anybody no, in town? It was open. And, and Abe, I'm going to say this. George was like he did the tour personally which that isn't always the case um where you see an owner do it personally and i saw like a very different side of george because every time i see george in the states he's wearing the suits the nice shoes here he's wearing the jeans the polo shirts and boots and he's going he's kind of getting down into the, the mud in the farm it was it was a very interesting thing to see that and he just really seemed to be into it this year um you know there were a couple of points he did ask us to put the cameras away but for the most part he let us keep the cameras out and show show a lot of stuff there's stuff on coop about it he asked you to put the cameras away because he was worried about some proprietary stuff being put out there yeah and, and that is not unusual i've been asked in other factories sometimes to put stuff away as well so um it's not it's not a very unique it. thing to him 
But, you know, the Padrones have a little more of a reputation for being a little more closed off compared to other other companies. You know, they don't interact as much. So, you know, it was mostly pretty much an open book as far as that went. It's not a big factory either. That's the one thing I'll tell you. It's it's I categorize it as a medium factory. About ninety pairs, which are the bunches and the rollers. So not a huge factory, and it's by any means. Well, I mean that's something a lot of people don't realize to begin with. You know, like the the amount of cigars Padron makes a year compared to you know other big name companies that you would put Padron yeah. in with is like is extremely relatively small. Yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, if you go to Hoya de Nicaragua, which I also went, that's a bigger factory. And then you go into factories like Placencia, Perdomo. These are enormous factories. So through a state, I mean, those are enormous factories. And Padron is much smaller. I mean, for what they get out of it, and, and they use every bit of space in that factory, I can tell you that right now. So they're very efficient to how they work there. Huh. It's not like El Titan de Bronze, but it's uh, it's small for a for a... Yeah, LT Town of Bronze is 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 the definition of boutique. I mean, they have a couple. <laughs> they have like, yeah, that that's um, no. This is like I said, it's about nine. It, but for a company like Padron size, you would think it, they'd have a bigger factory. Right. <laughs> I'm shocked we made it this long through the conversation and haven't had to hear about the Phillies, the Eagles, well, the Eagles. I mean, look, I got to say this first. Alex, I assume he means the Eagles. Yeah. I've joined. I'm a Giants fan, but I've I've kind of gone on uh, because I've lived in Philadelphia for a while. Oh, I I'm said Philly's baseball team. Is that what I did? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but that's yeah. all right. They had a great run, we, too. We, we, yeah, no. by the way, you know, two, two champions. <laughs> yeah, we're not complaining. So, Coop, I have a question for you, though. Now, yeah. obviously, look, Eagles are headed to the Super Bowl. We have really good chances of winning. Yeah. Every, you know, all us Eagles fans are pumped up for it. But I have a question for you. As a Giants fan, I don't know if you saw. I'm sure you saw. The Empire State Building lit up in green and white for the Eagles. Disgusting, disgusting. I mean, did you did you see that? Coop? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I mean, I, I, I that I I don't think that's something that would ever happen in Philadelphia, where they would light up the building blue for the no, Giants. No, I, I was even shocked that they did it um, too. But you know, I'll say this, Alex, when when you, when the when Eagles beat the Giants this year, everyone can say all they want about the Eagles fans. So many of the Eagle fans congratulated me on a great season. You know, it was war. It was war during that game. But after the war was over, it was like, congratulations. You know, you guys had a great year. Good luck next year, you know. So, you know. It, uh, it's Eagles easy to do that when you win. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. It's war yeah. during the reading up uh, to the game. But the, when the war is over. If they if they had lost, they'd be pissing on you in the streets and kicking yeah. you while you're down. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think the Empire State Building, I think they kind of look at themselves not as New York's building, but it's kind of like the it's, it's an icon of the U.S. And I think that's why they ended up putting the, the green on there. Quentin, that's rule number one is you do on. not mess with the Rocky statue. It, it has been a curse for every team's fans that have put their. You don't do it. You don't do it. Jersey or team did apparel. They, did they put a jersey on there? So Quentin says they put a Chiefs jersey on on the rack. I didn't see that yet. Could be some. He asking or telling us? He's got an exclamation mark. But He's- every team. I mean, and this is like years going back, back to Brady. I mean, when when you when you mess with the Rocky statue, statue. your team winds up going down hard. Yeah. And then you don't mess with the William Penn statue either. That's had a bad luck on us when we put jerseys on William Penn. Put jerseys on William, right. Don't, right. don't do William it. Penn don't do it. Leave, it. leave William Penn alone, yeah. 
Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> good comment, Ben. They are waiting to use the green and white light. They might as well, there. right? <laughs> all right, use it for something. That's They'll never had, yeah, they had it all preset for something, and they never used it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Well, so you guys are excited. Yeah. Uh, Abe, I mean, do you do you even watch the game, Abe? The Super Bowl? Always. Yeah. Okay. I mean, honestly, I, I watch it more for all the antics. I mean, especially if I got two teams I'm not emotionally attached to on any level. I watch it for all the ancillary festivities and commercials yeah. and stuff like that. But you're you know, too, my too. oldest daughter, my oldest daughter seems to want to learn football and is kind of into football, which you know is really kind of you know it's funny because one of the things I've been like thinking about lately because my daughter's in high school now she's in her freshman year is because she goes to a school of the arts, she's really deprived from like an mm. athletic experience that high school is like it's part of. Yeah. Homecoming football games, Friday night games, you know, she's not getting that over there. So I was kind of happy that she wanted to learn a bit more about football. And one of her best friends who lives in our neighborhood around our corner, she's like our fifth child that lives with us from time to time. Um, Leanne, I, I told her like her job next year is to take her to at least three or four football games at her high school, you know. Um, so she wants to learn like she don't want to learn to play, but she wants to understand the game. Yeah, right. She's she's curious about the game. She likes it. She wants to understand it. You know, I don't know. It's because now she's in the boys, and maybe some of the boys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck the old jocks. That's what I. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, my but 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 there are no jocks at her school. Right. Right. Yeah, that's the one thing. You know, like even like you know, even like her current boyfriend. He's you know nice kid, but he's a little geeky, you know, scrawny little kid. I mean, these are art kids, you know, musicians and whatnot, you know. So. There, there's no there's no bodybuilding there's no gym there's no i mean there's no weight room in this, in this school where they go so um it's That's kind so of weird for you to say her boyfriend i like i i like cringe you know what dude i'm totally wired the way i was brought up and whatever like this was not gonna happen yeah but what are you gonna do it's part you're gonna of life. alienate you're gonna alienate your own daughter you can't and do that. Out of all our kids, she really is the most astute and mature. You know, I I, I could talk to Petra. She's an old soul. I could talk to Petra like an adult. She 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 has a lot of me in her. In fact, when we were on the cruise and we were with Doc Lee, I guess they ran into each other in Starbucks waiting in line one morning, and she was talking with the Doc for like 20, 25 minutes. And he saw me later. He goes, dude, how old is your daughter? Like, I felt like I was talking to an adult. So... You know, and and we know this boy. They were, you know, it was part of her little group of uh, friends all through middle school. Okay. You know, so he's been to my house before and whatever. And you know, it could be worse. So yeah, hey, bro, are you smoking an evening stock? I'm I'm telling you, man, this is my fourth one. I, I said it during the show. I was not exaggerating, man. That's heavy duty for 10 a.m. But I mean, it is that good. I I said it during this, the show, man. This I said it was in the ranks is my the fourth one. If you are a TGS ticket holder and you haven't gotten in on this cigar yet, because this was one of our uh, exclusive Great Smoke releases um, that was, what was it dropped? This week, Wednesday? Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, so we still have some left, but um, only 300 bundles of these were made. Yes, and it's a southern draw, Greg. 
yeah, and it is. This is my fourth one. This is Wednesday, and I'm you know, I'm enjoying the hell out of them. Look at the burn. I like the band. The band is cool. You know, the whole packaging. Like the whole packaging is. Listen, man, I I said it during the broadcast, and even he was like, "Wow!" I mean, to to me, that is up oh, there with the best of the TGS releases we've had throughout the year. Yeah, wow. which is a heavy, which is a heavy statement. It really right. is. But yeah, right, is. but but I've been smoking them, man. I'm wow. enjoying this cigar. Speaking uh, of which, what are you smoking? Are, oh. I'm smoking uh, one of the Amazon Basin cigars. How is that, Coop? Uh, this is an older one. This is the is that the Orlana? This is the Orlana. Yeah, yeah. I can see the bands. Oh, yeah, so that's the original or original one. No, or this is second, like the, the fourth one released. So, this, but this has got some okay. age on it. It's got a couple years of age on it, so it's very. And that's good. the one. It's got the stem all the way through. Right? Yeah, kind Rock of. It's around. hard to see it, but uh, yeah, yeah. Greg, I, I know you're asking oh. me. This cigar here was made uh, for the people who are participating in the Great Smoke this year. Um, so if, if you do have a ticket, just go to the TGS store. They're still in there. Um, if you guys are out there listening and you're thinking about getting a ticket or you're waiting, don't wait too long because one of them is sold out already, uh, Dunbarton. There's a little bit of, I think, crew left from Alec Bradley, and this one just went on sale Wednesday. But if you guys get your ticket, you'll have access right to the store where you can buy um, our TGS releases. But this one, is I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Look at that. Look at that. Nice burn. Yeah, really. Oh, yeah. Oh, what else we got? So I have to share this because I find it funny. Uh, you know, so we make a little outline that we try to follow. So in our opening banter, what does that last segment say? <laughs> I saw it. Why is I think Paul that, here? Why is Paul here? We don't know anymore. He's guest hosting. He's guest, guest, he's guest host, guest dropping yeah. in today. I'm yeah. the, I'm the John, I'm, I'm like John Carney on smoking tobacco. I just pop in once in a while. Yeah, occasionally you just hear him around. <laughs> so, we have a special guest, an old dear friend, a, a guy who's, you know, on his own rights, a legend in the cigar industry, um, helped found and build one of the biggest companies that exists today, uh, and. Uh, went in a completely different field and has been making movies and has a movie he'd worked on for years and it's getting ready to break in theaters. Finally, we've been, I've been hearing about this for now. I don't know, four or five years getting ready to break nationwide. Um, are we going to, let's run the meet your maker segment uh, intro anyway, but we're going to bring on our dear friend, Marvin Samuel. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window Open it and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. There he is. From the depths of Miami. Oh, no, you're not Miami. You're in Boca, yeah? Mm-mm, Boca. Boca, that's right. From the depths of Boca. The depths of Boca. <laughs> Former... Former cigar industry manufacturer and brand owner, now newly producer, producer and director, and writer, and, and writer, and writer, box lifter, yes. <laughs> Marvin Samuel, welcome, Marvin Samuel. Great to be here, everyone, and uh, you know I'm proud to be on episode. What is it? Four eighty three. But before 483. there was an episode one. 
I was in Abe's house while he's pacing up and down with his arms flailing. I'm going to do a radio show. I'm going to bring the cigar makers to the people every single week. And he's like drawing it out on a on a piece of paper at one o'clock in the morning in his house back in what, 06, 07? Yeah, I mean. Give or shit. take. Yeah, it's somewhere around there. I mean, we were what now, year 12? 12. So, so yeah, about 2010. Yeah, yeah. I was in your house when you were designing it. Um, also there with you when you were coming up with the concept for the great smoke. So to be here now and to watch your guys' success is a true honor. Well, thank you, sir. And you had some phenomenal success yourself. I mean, we had you on the show. I can't remember how long ago. We kind of talked. Is it only a year? Feels like it was been longer. It was right around yeah. when uh, we were the opening film of the Miami Jewish Film Festival. My film, I Mordecai, and uh, I came on for like a couple of minutes just to say hi and to also let the world know that our dear friend Abe Debabna, Honest Abe, is actually in my film. He actually <laughs> portrays himself along with other cigar legends such as Christian Aroa, CLE Cigars, Eric Espinosa, Espinosa Cigars, uh, Jeff Borshowitz, Corona Cigars, and Ryan Leeds of Empire Social, who all portray themselves in a pivot little scene in which Sean Astin, who plays Marvin, has a big decision to make about his future. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about that. So before we get into the movie, let's just talk about this. So, you know, you build this wonderful and huge company, Jew Estate, you sell it. And at what point does, how does the thought, because I, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of listeners out there who know a story or something happened like, ah, oh, this would make a great movie or a great book or whatever. I'm, I'm one of those guys. I have a, I have a patron here who I think has one of the greatest stories ever. And I've been joking about getting a ghostwriter, writing the book myself. It's such a great story, but you know, very, very few people go and execute that kind of a thought. What, how did making a movie come into your brain? So because I'm speaking to the world of cigars right now, I can get a, a little deeper. And the, what happened was we were in the process of selling Drew Estate. This is back in late 2014. My wife, Netta, was pregnant with our twin daughters and something was wrong with my mom. And I would say to my dad, dad, something's going on. Like she's getting lost at the mall. Things are not right. And he's like, ah, Vadi, you're talking about she's brick made from stone. And when my daughters were born, I finally pushed my dad to take my mom. The three of us went to a neurologist and my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And I realized that it didn't matter what success you have if your parents can't be there to share it with you. And I went into a deep depression. A close friend of mine in the cigar industry said, why don't you start writing down the stories that you would tell at cigar events? And I'm sure many of your listeners remember some of these crazy stories that I would tell on stage. And they're all about my dad. So let me make sure this poster doesn't fall. 
So I started as a coping mechanism, writing down stories that I would tell hosting cigar events at the Smoke Inn, at cigar stores around the country, around the world. After about two months, I took a step back and the stories felt cinematic. But I didn't like have an in. They were simply vignettes. They were unattached stories. And then one day, I come off of a plane from Nicaragua and I call my dad. And I'm like, Dad, what, 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 what? He, I couldn't hear anything he's saying because he's got a beat up 20 year old flip phone that's beat to shit and it's got electrical tape tied together, tin foil for where the antenna should go. And I can't hear him. And I'm like, Dad, I'm coming over. I'm coming to get, we're going to the mall to get you an iPhone. Fuck you, don't come. So I take him <laughs> kicking and screaming into the Apple store to get an iPhone. And he looks at the phone, he goes, what is this? What are the buttons? So I realized like I'm in trouble here. So he, I ended up hooking him up with private lessons with wow. the Genius Bar. And the next thing you know, Mordecai is taking six lessons a week. I'm like, what's going on over here? So I sneak up on him and I see one day he's telling the stories of his life. There's no iPhone going on. There's no learning. <laughs> he's literally holding court and all these kids oh, are wow. listening to him being born in Poland, escaping the Nazis at the outset of World War II, being taken to Siberia where his mom died there, father in the gulag, sent to an orphanage, rough life, rough life. And what, this one girl, she was mesmerized. And I said, you know what? This is the story. And the story of I Mordecai that stars Judd Hirsch, currently nominated for the Academy Award in The Fablemans, Steven Spielberg's biopic. And this is, I Mordecai is Judd Hirsch's first starring role. It stars Carol Kane as my mother. Wow, you know, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Carol wow. Kane, great Carol Kane, who's, you know, nominated for the Academy Award, Emmy Award winner, Tony Award winner. She plays my mother. And Sean Astin, Goonies, Rudy, Lord of the Rings, now Stranger Things, he plays me. And there's a young girl, oh, and a Tony Award winner, Stephanie J. Block, portrays my wife, Netta. who portrays these Einsteins who teach Mordecai how to live in the modern world. So, so um, I got the story of Mordecai learning how to use the iPhone, learning how to use Beats headphones, learning how to use <laughs> Siri, learning Apple Music. And what happened was, and, and in the movie, by hearing the music of his youth, Mordecai returns back to his true love, which is art, which is painting. And he remembers memories from his days in Poland that he forgot. Together, we all learn that you're never too old to find inspiration. And that's the film. And it's, it's, it's in the form of a comedy. But it's a rough comedy. It's real life. It's, there's some hard punches there. And... In the film as well, Marvin, played by Sean Astin, 
is selling his cigar company and the Marvin in the comp in the movie is not the Marvin that owned Drew Estate, one of the largest cigar companies in the world when he sold it. It's the Marvin of when the struggle was real, where you had a real chance of actually going out of business, the lights being shut off if things didn't go your way. And Abe actually remembers these days, you know, back in the early 2000s where we were struggling, we were growing, but we were always on the, you know, a lot of times teetering on the edge. And that's the Marvin in the, you know, character, Marvin's character in the film. And uh, I ended up directing the film. Um, I ended up producing the film. Now I'm distributing the film with help from uh, Greenwich Entertainment and also with help from hundreds of people who took a loving interest to this story, to this underdog story, uh, starting with my producer, Dahlia Heyman, who read the script and jumped on board, my producer, Alan Bain, who jumped on board, and they're still on board to this day. They're the ones who convinced me to direct it. They're the ones who said, I'll be by your side the entire time, and they're still by my side to this very day on the eve of the release of our film, and uh, the film is debuting this coming Tuesday, February 8th, at the, uh, at the AMC Aventura Theater. We're opening on the, 8th, on the 10th at the Boca Shadowwood Theater. And we're going to be in, hold on, I should have the answer. We're going to be in, oh man, I got a lot of theaters here. So in, we're gonna be in Port St. Lucie, we're going to be in Delray. We're going to be all over South Florida, uh, Palm Beach Gardens. Um, all of this information is coming to light now. Keep going to uh, imordecai.com or follow us on iMordecai Movie on Instagram, my Instagram, Marvin Samuel. And what we're also doing is I'm taking what we did with cigars, which is take our love, take our passion to the people. And I created what's called I Mordecai on Tour. And I Mordecai on Tour is an unapologetic and raw look into how a cigar maker became a filmmaker. And I'm going to be at theaters with Aja Dene Hale, the young star, uh, every single day, four times a day, at every single theater in South Florida, beginning February 8th at the AMC Aventura. Wow. So come check our website we're going to get the news out to you and hopefully abe maybe you could send a follow-up because i truthfully don't have the goddamn graphic yet today because not all the theaters are booked wow now it will it be will it be will it be going nationwide or is it just going to start out in south florida well we are guaranteed to go to new york and la we're debuting in new york and la on the 24th of february wow um I don't have the theater list yet, but like I said, keep coming back. And then we are going to expand to Phoenix, Scottsdale, Atlanta, Chicago. And from there, guys, it's up to you. So, you know, one thing about this film, the film parents, stories down. I Is he freezing up? Yeah. Are you talking about in that big mansion you can't afford good Wi-Fi? 
Yeah, you've been freezing up throughout. Breaking up. Yes. Am I breaking up? You're good now. You're good now. Freezing up. You've been freezing up throughout the interview, bro. Sorry, everyone. You're sitting there. You look like you're in the. You look like you're sitting in the palace of the Sultan of Brunei. Well, get some good Wi-Fi, man. Wisher didn't pay me enough money. I got the cheap Wi-Fi, but I'm going to save up. I'll get better Wi-Fi. Shit. I'm sorry, guys. Just let me know if it blinks in and out. So, so you know, I wrote these stories to cope from with my mom's Alzheimer's. And really, this is my diary of what was going on as I was selling Drew Estate, as my children were born. So cigar lovers everywhere are going to see so much that they're going to recognize. And really, this film is my love letter to the cigar culture, to the cigar world. You know, in the past, if somebody's smoking a cigar on film or on air, that represented, oh, he's the tough guy, which we all know is bullshit. You know, and if there was a plot of cigars woven into a, series or a film you know it was kramer burning down the house because he ended up having cubans that he smoked or the movie smoke where harvey keitel is trying to you know lift some cubans and sell them sell them but this is a raw look into the mind of a cigar maker as he's in the struggle and you'll see a lot of cigar references i had to take some poetic license so all you cigar geeks I know that I'm not being literal in how cigars are cured, okay? So understand that I needed that for the script. But that really you're going to be taken deep into the world of cigars and you have a cameo by yours, your, your only Abe DeBabna. And uh, I can't wait to see you guys in the theaters. Bro, are, are you reading off a chart to your right? You have bullet points. You keep you keep looking to your right. Like, are you reading off a bullet? If I know Marvin, he probably prepped for this interview. I gotta I make sure. God, I'm just staring off into the nether. Okay, all right. Much love coming right now. All right, I'm just saying because normally you put it behind yeah. the camera, so it always looks like you're looking at the camera. I there's, all there's there, sixteen all people cold. there. <laughs> there's sixteen people there holding water, holding right. cards, holding yes. stud, a lighter. Um, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the process of how, because you know, I, Marvin drove up here and bought me the the uh, screenplay, read it early. I, I, I've kind of been following him and the whole process. And just as a as, as a movie guy, I'm really curious as, as this process. But before you get into that since we've been talking about so much, why don't we have a trailer of the movie here? So for anyone who hasn't really seen it or gotten to see it when he was on the first time, let, let's, let's run go. Let's run the trailer and let, let the audience get a peek at I, Mordecai. Okay. What is that? Looks like a big giant hole in the ground. Uh, with my father in. Hey, need any help? Ah, you don't know the tools. You don't know nothing. Well, how would I? The only time you let me come on a plumbing trip with you, you fired me after 10 minutes. Because you were incompetent. I was seven. This is my father, Mordecai. 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 And this is the story. Are you having trouble hearing from that thing? I had trouble hearing, period. Of how one small change. He knew I thought. <laughs> you see how people stare at that thing. I don't understand there's no buttons. Opened up his world. I'll teach you. I take lessons from my phone. In ways he never imagined. It's time you lived a little. You're an 80-year-old man. Act like it. 
Is this your family? Yeah. It was 1939. It was this world war. We had to leave everything. Well, I probably odd on Marvin, I know. I just wanted him to have better life than I had. Maybe you can tap into what was missing. I work on being a father to my son. What's with the ice cream? Makes you feel like a kid again. What? Now make you feel young? <laughs> ice cream make me feel young. I'm not raised to be old man. But you are old to me. Hello! This is first iPhone call. It's nice to be young. It's nice to be old. Nice to have fun with no buttons. <laughs> it's nice to have family. What can I help you with? You are Siri? Yes, I'm Siri. Oh, Siri, that's a nice name. I keep the secret because my wife, she gets jealous. <gasps> That's a great trailer, man. I, I, I got to tell you, Marvin, I don't know if the camera can pick this up, but Carol Kane is just mind-blowing as your mom. I mean, you know, Judd Hirsch has the mannerism, but, like, I feel like I'm almost looking at your mom watching Carol Kane, and it's mind-blowing. Yeah. Um, she never got to meet my mom because you read an early draft of my script dave i, I you were one of the first people i have world. it i have it in my drawer by the way in fact i don't even think it was called i mordecai at the time no it was okay originally it was called another name and we changed it to i mordecai i got the rights from apple um but uh as this dream was coming to fruition in 2019 my mother was slipping and so uh, my script got in the hands of one of the most prolific casting directors of all time, A.V. Kaufman. She's podiumed more people than anyone in history. She told Jason Bourne, uh, she told Matt Damon, you're going to be Jason Bourne. I mean, that's so and you, got, she, you got movie lingo now because now you're a Hollywood guy. Podium the more people have no clue. He, he casted more people in movies where they ended up winning the Academy Award than anyone. And it. she was she is my she was my casting director, and we put together a list of who to portray the characters. And Judd Hirsch was my number one choice. I needed somebody with that ability to play that curmudgeon but where you're going to root for him at the same time. And I got to, so the first time I met Judd Hirsch, the meet was set for Nick's Pizza. I believe it's on 91st and 2nd in Manhattan. And I paid the guy in the, to give me a back room. I paid him off to just have our own room. And over the course of uh, a pepperoni pie, a couple of bottles of wine, we discussed how I want to approach the the film based on the script. So he finally says to me, so who's going to direct this thing? I am Judd. You? What have you directed? 
I've never been on a film set, Judd, but I know these characters. I'm going to work my ass off. And with your help, the entire cast and crew's help, I'm going to direct. So what do you say? And I put my hand out. And he's looking at me. He's looking at my hand. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at his hand. And nothing's happening. And he finally says, let me think about it. Judd, this is a one-time offer. And he thinks I'm out of my mind. I'm telling Judd Hirsch, this is a one-time offer. Who the hell are you? Judd, my mother is dying. And I made her a promise when I read her the script for the very first time, two years earlier, that I would make this movie while she was alive. So this is a one-time offer. I have to keep moving. I've got to make this movie my, while my mother is alive. And he stuck his hand out, shook my hand, sat back down and said, so who do you have to play your mother? And I said, I'm thinking Carol Kane. And he said, I love it. And I guess I was supposed to have my people call her people, which is what happened. But meanwhile, Judd's on the, his cell phone with Carol before he hit the front door at Nick's Pizza saying, I just oh agreed God. to play this role and you've got to play my wife. The script's amazing. Let's do it together. And we had a movie to make. And that was in 2019. We were all set to film in November and December. And my mom passed away July 17th. So she did not get to see the making of my film. But Carol embodied my mother's spirit. Um, for anyone who ever met my mother, she was a force in nature in a four foot 11 body. And uh, Carol really hit it. And she really captured a woman who's very strong. But at the same time, she's taking this poster down. Hold on. I, I was going to say, they've seen the poster. Relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was uh, slipping into dementia, slipping into Alzheimer's. We talked about my mother's specific uh, ailment sometimes she'd be perfectly fine and then all of a sudden she's yelling at somebody about something she'd usually be yelling at someone who she she always thought somebody was trying to steal her man so she would like get jealous if anybody was talking to my dad and get into fights with them towards you know towards the later years and it's uh it's portrayed in the movie to uh to great effect i think Really is it really really is now? Are there are there plans? Like, you know, are there plans for? I mean, I don't know how this works because when we talked, you weren't sure if it was going to go to theaters, it was going to go directly to Netflix. You know, you were learning about the distribution and how things are going to pan out. Now it's finally hitting theaters. I already see people commenting of how they can see it if it doesn't end up being in a theater near them. Is we're there? Gonna- a- Yes, yeah, so it's going to be in a theater near you. And so, so let me, yeah, let me continue this history. So we filmed I, Mordecai, November, December of 2019. Uh, my editor, Rick Grayson, the great Rick Grayson, was the finishing editor who completed editing on 2014 uh, Academy Award winning best picture film, The Birdman. He was the editor of The Road with Viggo Mortensen, Charlize Theron, Gold, Matthew McConaughey and I Mordecai. And 
I had just left my family for three months and I said, Rick, can you please come to Boca Raton to my offices and we'll edit there. So he did, we got one cut in and then Rick was on the last plane home before the lockdown in March of 2020. And we were trying to edit remotely. We were failing and there was a, a technology called Evercast, which is zoom on steroids. And we were able to complete the film, but I was supposed to have flashback scenes in Jano Podlowski, Poland, my father's birth town. I mean, I'm on this, I remember being on the phone with this guy named Vladik saying, Vladik, will you take 900 for the three tanks? Because I was trying to portray the invasion of wow. the Soviet Union into Poland with a budget of about 20 grand. <laughs> this was not saving Private Ryan from a war, you know, it's not a war movie, it's a comedy, but I needed to portray the effect. And then the lockdown happened. So we actually did all the flashback scenes in high concept animation with a studio called Chaos Emporium. And we finished the film in uh, June of 2021 completely finished. We screened it at the Bryant Park screening room in Manhattan for my dad, for Judd Hirsch and his wife, Catherine, for an audience of 60. Judd did not know what he was going to be watching. He actually didn't agree to be on the panel on the Q&A afterwards until after watching the film. So here I am. I'm like, shit, I should have sent him a cut first because if he doesn't like the film, he's walking out the door and I got all my family and friends here. It would have been an embarrassing situation. But Judd watched the film and he was taken aback and uh, he loved it. I, you know, he could tell you himself that he loved it. He told me he loved it and joined me for the Q&A. We then went on to enter the Miami Jewish Film Festival as the opening day film. Abe was in the audience and I didn't know this was the first time I was showing the film to strangers. There were 700 people in the audience and when the film ended the applause was deeply emotional and then when I introduced my dad and he got a standing ovation it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life and I knew we had something here. So then we went out to find either distributors or streamers. And in all honesty, everyone turned us down. And the, I shouldn't say everyone, we received offers, but the offers did not give our little film a chance to succeed in my opinion. So one person, his name is Ed Arons, the owner of Greenwich Entertainment. He said, listen, instead of me buying your film, why don't you hire me? I'll be your consultant. You bring on a team and self-distribute. And that's what we're doing. We're self-distributing this film and we are in theaters with a plan that I don't think has been done before. I'm Mordecai on tour. I'm going to be four times a day in different theaters. I don't have the list yet. So keep coming back to imordecai.com Abe will get you guys the list of theaters if you don't mind, Abe. I'm sorry I don't have the printout now. And we're opening in five days. In uh. five days, we open 25 theaters in South Florida. So it's going to be, if you live down here, 
I promise you it'll be at a theater near you. I promise you, if you want to meet me, anyone who's ever met me at a cigar event, please come down. We'd love to shake your hand, give you a hug. And of Original yep. Crumbs Bake Shop. Yep. Uh -oh. Am I breaking up again? Yep. Yeah. Am I breaking up again? Yep. You got to be kidding me. Am I breaking up again? Yep. Okay. What did everyone miss? I just poured my heart. We didn't hear anything. No, okay. no, 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 no. We were up to bake. <laughs> Don't do that to him. We were up to the bake shop. We lost your, we lost your cookies. So everyone who shows up gets an, a, a, a jar of original crumbs bake shop cookies. They were 10 bucks each as a, as a, as a gift for coming out to the, the movies to meet me, to meet Aja Dene Hale. I'm going to have other cast members. I'm going to have people involved in the film to talk about their experiences. It's going to be an experience like no other. By the way, the reason Abe did that is that's you getting back at me for it. It's impossible. I have it. I have it. Yeah. So have any of have you it. guys had original crumbs uh, bakery goods? I have not. From, from I, mean, I remember them from, from my Manhattan days. Yes. I, there was nothing that I never did, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, they're amazing cookies. And the owners watched the film. And uh, um, Jason and Mia uh, Bauer, they started the company. They're relaunching it. And they felt that the ethos of family, of inspiration, of love matches with their brand. And they're like, how can we help? So they're shipping. They just shipped. 15,000 jars of cookies to me. Oh, my God. I got God. a whole factory Listen, building together. Marvin, they make, they make a cupcake. It's a black and white cookie cupcake. I know. L legit, I, I think it may know. have changed my life. I know. <laughs> All right. So, listen, before we go to break in hour two, there's two things I just want to touch on real quick. One, is there any plans on how – do you know yet or not? Will it end up being on Netflix or somewhere streaming where – if they can't make it to a theater, people can eventually watch this movie, or do we not know yet about that? I don't want to think about that right now. Right now, I, I believe that we have a real shot to be one of the first films, dramatic comedies, to be a hit in the movie theaters and just come out to the movie theaters, start following us, follow us on our website, imordecai.com. Follow us on Instagram, iMordecaiMovie, my Instagram, Marvin Samuel. You're going to get the whole journey. We're going to be posting videos of the experience. And it's going to be, you're going to become ambassadors, hopefully, if you like the film, and be part of something special. And eventually it'll come somewhere. But the truth is, if we're in and out like the thousands of other films that came in and out of the theaters over the last three years, no one's going to know about us, Abe. Come to the theaters. Come back to the movies. I promise you it's going to be an incredible experience. This film is truly cinematic in its nature. And uh, I, the great cinematographer, Will Turner, and I spent eight weeks shot listing every shot. The lenses were chosen not for the TV, but for the big screen. And come to the theaters. Eventually, at some point, it'll be somewhere. Good. I All have right. no fucking clue right now where it's going to be. All right. Marvin Samuel, 
I'm Mordecai, movie producer, director, writer, and now film distributor. Um, we're going to have more up with our an hour two, so don't go anywhere. We got a lot ahead for you, and hopefully during the break, Marvin can go uh, hook in the booster to his Wi-Fi. So we'll see you all in a little bit. <laughs> Keep it lit. I'm going to go. Phenomenal. 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 Explore the unexplored with St. Louis Ray Carenas. Set sail to discover an extraordinary Honduran cigar deeply anchored in tradition. The St. Louis Ray Carenas features a Nicaraguan wrapper cloaked over 100% Honduran tobacco that make up the binder and filler. The St. Louis Ray Carenas in the Toro size received a 93 rating in Cigar Aficionado and was featured in their illustrious Top 25 Cigars of 2021 list. St. Louis Ray Carinas is available in four different sizes, a Robusto, Toro, Bellicoso, and Magnum. So get ready to take a trip back in time to experience the heritage of St. Louis Ray with the St. Louis Ray Carinas. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. Honest Steve here from Smoking Cigars. It is that time of year again. The Great Smoke 2023 Mardi Gras Madness. If you're wondering why everybody last year was calling it the best cigar event in the country, it was evident the day tickets went on sale. VIP tickets sold out in one day. That's right. They are all gone. Don't message us. Don't PM us. I'm sorry. There's nothing we could do. But there are still plenty of general admission tickets and virtual tickets. Once again, we'll be offering this event virtually as well as live. So for those of you who can't make it down, you'll be able to enjoy the festivities from the comfort of your own home. Michael Herklotz, Kim Keeney, and Paul DeGracco will be returning to be your co-hosts for your virtual experience. Whether you're coming down live or we're going to be enjoying the event from the comfort of your own home, your ticket price includes this epic package. It's one of our greatest Great Smoke packages in the history of this event. Over $400 worth of product and great swag for the low cost of $165. If you're coming down live, you'll get your package the day of the event. If you order your virtual ticket, they'll start shipping weeks prior to the event in early March. For those of you coming down, we have four full epic days of fun. We start off with Drew Estate and Jonathan Drew. Thursday night, our headquarters here in Boynton Beach. Friday night, two events. Steve Saka here at headquarters. And Evan Darnell once again returns to host our pre-event dinner with the Red Meat Lovers Club going off the top this year. I've seen the menu. It'll be up on the site soon. Incredible dinner. And our host, feature host this year, Michael Herklotz of Ferio Tego Cigars, who's made a very special cigar, especially for those attending the pre-event dinner. Saturday morning, we are starting early with the first ever tailgate party. 
being hosted by the distinguished Griffies and Eric Espinosa. There'll be a very special cigar made exclusively for that event for the first 100 attendees who go to the tailgate party. And of course, the main event will be Saturday afternoon. And then that night, after the main event, you can head back to our headquarters here. We'll have the man himself, Boothy Matt Booth, Room 101 Cigars, capping it all off with a beautiful Sunday brunch once again before everybody goes home from what we hope will be another historically, epically fun weekend. Do not hesitate. Tickets are selling this year faster than ever. Go to www.thegreatsmoke.com and get your live general admission ticket, your virtual ticket if you're going to enjoy from home, and tickets for either the dinner or the brunch. Epic time. We can't wait to see you all there. The Great Smoke 2023. Mardi Gras Madness. Welcome back, everyone. KMA Radio, hour number two. We are here with uh, the gang and our good friend. Did Marvin get off? There he's he is. Here. No, he's on. So Marvin made a comment about impossible. And, you know, during the break, I had to search. We can't hear you, Marvin. We can't hear you. You lost your mic? No, we lost your mic. Oh, he moved inside. Is that what he did? Yeah. We'll get in touch with them. Go ahead. Keep keep talking, Abe. Yeah, well, so I had to search through my stack of bills, and um, this is the impossible he was talking Look about. Look at Coop. Coop salivating. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Coop, Coop you I, double I, down, bro. You double I, down. I, I would have gone higher, man. I am. Oh, this is. When I win the bet, Abe, you know, it's going to be something balls. special. We're going to have a big show when that happens. All right. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Now we can. We're now back. we can. I apologize, everyone. I'm indoors now. I should be strong, Mike. You are stellar, Coop. So you have about no to rub idea. something in. Coop, Coop, you have no idea how confident I feel about this bet. You don't know how confident I feel about this bet. You yeah, think I would have made this bet? Um, you know, if I wasn't. Because you just can I ask trusting. a question? Yeah. Do either without saying what the bet is, because I don't think well, we, we can say what it is. Yeah. We, we said what it is. Yeah. Oh, we did. Okay. I, yeah. I They're not. No one's changing the course of action to change the outcome no, of our my, bet. Not my this question bet, no. is: Does either of you? Because I feel like one of you said you have inside information. Does either of you have inside Listen, information? I'm or no? pretty sure. I'm pretty sure uh, Willie. Uh, Coop, there, there's. Willie, I'm pretty sure Willie Coop over there feels like he's sitting on some fucking chicken there, head. There, there's no knowledge on these two dealing with Padron and. Fuente, let me tell you something. In 27, 30 years, literally of being in this industry, I will tell you, neither one of these companies historically have ever followed a timeline or a plan. So I don't care if. If they verbally told them, hey, we're going to, we got a launch party booked on this date or whatever. I've seen it. And I'm, I'm, I'm good with my bet. Look at how confident Coop is. Puffing on his cigar. Yeah. No, not it's a, a care you know, in the world. And for folks who don't know, this is the release of the Fuente Padron cigar. So why don't you share with us your little tidbit of inside knowledge? There's no inside knowledge. I'm just confident. Okay. So you really have no, like, no one you said. Think, you, now, think gonna, you think they're going to tell me? But here's the thing. I don't even if even if there was inside baseball, that, that still doesn't mean that it happened. I agree. I mean, listen, I, 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 was, I, even, I agree. But yeah. what I'm saying is like no one's come to you and say, Yeah, we're booking this hall, we're gonna have the release. You don't know anything like that. No, you're, no, and, and you're no. still this confident. Yeah, 
Because oh, you're crazy. I'm going to give you one thing why I'm confident, okay? Yeah, sure. Because next year is the 60th anniversary of Padron. I believe they want to get this done before this. They don't want this interfering with next year. Listen, bro. The 60th anniversary of Padron will be like December. Oh, <laughs> possible. Possible. But I'm going to stick I'm going to stick with what I am on this one. See, I, oh. I kind of feel like with either one of these companies, this is such a big deal that They'll, they'll drag it out as long as they have to to make it where they're confident. It's not it's dragging it out. They just don't move. Yeah. And listen to me, neither one of them moves quickly on their own. They don't. And that's a, they now, don't. Now, now you're putting two different entities together. They have to figure out and navigate shit and yeah. not happening. I, I, this is one of the You can't put a timeline on perfection. Oh, exactly. I got, I got a little over almost 11 months. For it to happen, that's fair. It's got time. I got time. You know, you, you, if, if we're getting into October and November, then you got, can kind of start. I got news start for you. I got news for you. Eleven months in this industry is nothing. So this week, Abe goes. You want to double down, and I didn't even hesitate. It's I said, nothing. I'm in. They could get fucked on so, boxes for four months. I mean, so listen, it is in honor. Nothing. In honor of this, when I was in Vegas, you know, I have a couple of clients that are really into cigars, so I met them. I, I asked Abe where I where I should go, but I met them. I smoked a Padron and a short story in my time in Vegas, thinking about this bet. I was like, all right, how would these two go together? <laughs> but but this is the bet that Marvin was talking uh, about. Uh, wait a minute. Al, Alan Rubin, in this circumstance, you're, you're 100% wrong. You're 100% wrong. Alan Rubin's wrong? Padron and Fuente are the two companies that don't that care about selling product as quick as right. It's, it's all going about out the door legacy, no matter what. Yeah, matches the legacy. This, this is, is not, a legacy. Yeah, every, every decision those two families make, they're thinking of their great grandchildren and how this is going to yep. affect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's going on? Right. Nothing is yeah. simple with them. But here we go, Abe. You were right, and I was wrong. Impossible. Signed by Marvin Samuel. Yes. One of the many that's in, in the stack now. <laughs> what what was that bet? What was that bet? Yeah. Oh, Abe, you want to talk about it? Should I? Uh, well, I mean, do you remember it? Oh, I remember it well. Abe and his <laughs> wife, Brandy, were at my apartment in South Beach. And somehow I, we all had this, like, desire to have some cake. Pie. There was a cake shop three blocks away and he's like Marvin it looks like it's gonna rain I go no the sun's out now I had just moved from Manhattan to Florida I didn't know weather patterns down here okay hold on I see I need to clarify three, <laughs> three blocks or fucking eight blocks I said it was three blocks it was eight blocks and I'm eight in my, blocks I'm I'm in my sneakers I was preparing for a marathon at the time Abe is eight <laughs> and he's in his flip-flops and we're now walking Okay. Hold on. And hold on. No, no, no. Hold on. Before the bet, I, I you, you probably forgot this part. You were so confident it was going to rain. I'm like, dude, it's going to rain. And you said to me, if it rains, I will carry you back. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Abe, what, what are you doing? bold what you statement, Marvin. Back in 05. What, what are you, you know, Abe was. Listen. You know, uh, 350 plus, no matter what. Listen, I feel like either way, you weren't making good on that bet. That bet. No, so yeah. we get out of this cake shop and we start walking, and all of a sudden, 
the sky just opened up and the look of exasperation, pure hatred in the moment, and just <laughs> want to kill me from Abe to me. There was no, like, it, it, it was just, and I'm looking at him and the rain is just pounding off of his bald head, splattering. <laughs> and he looks at me, he goes, yeah, impossible. Impossible, and fucking impossible. I wrote, that's what I wrote that day. Yeah. Oh my God. You, looking through your bill, you know, looking through your bills, I'm going to tell you something, Alex. I don't think you realize how many you have in here. I have a lot. Oh I my God. I know, you I, have the, I have a lot. You may have the record. Regardless More of that, than Emily? I, am in, I am in the elite category of people who have two bills from you. He does. So elite. yeah, I, it, it, costs, it costs me elite. a lot. I think, it's, I think it's only two people. I think it's me and Eric, right? Yeah, that's it. So, so it may have cost me a lot of bills, but I have two. <laughs> I there's at least I two of mine in there. I have a lot of bills. I just learned to stop because Alex Listen is me. playing the I got, double I, digits. I, I'm I got I, double yeah. digits. I got a couple from from Sensei in here, and by the end of the year, I'll have one from William Cooper. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. And I'm going to be undefeated when it happens. It'll be two. Mm. This is a double down. There's a double down, yeah. Oh, that's right. Alex said you had to sign two bills. It's a you double to sign down. Two bills, yeah. 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 What good is a double down? A five to a ten. It's got to be yeah. two fives. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm going to frame it. them and hang them up. Oh, absolutely. This could be something special. Right, Guys, before... yes. never fight with the house. Just stop doing it. I quit <laughs> eight years ago. Because <laughs> there, there are literally bills that are currently out of circulation. I think <laughs> currency in there, like from uh, years, decades ago. Stop. stop. Okay. So Listen, before man. we before we get I a little bit back on, it pays to play, bro. It pays to play. It so pays yeah. to pay. Uh, I I um before we get back on I Mordecai, we have to do one of our sponsored segments. A fun segment. It's called Name That Jam, sponsored by Avo Cigars and. Marvin, all of us, Alex is the only one who really knows what's going to do. We're going to test our musical acumen and basically see if we can name this jam. a true story see this is this is how things that hold value get bastardized is this a true story <laughs> Coop? Coop? yes yes he spent it well yes Coop oh so you're not undefeated and alan spent it which yeah. bastardizes for the our, whole thing for for our listeners listening on uh podcasts i have a, a alan rubin the fake alan rubin said i have a signed bill from Coop. well i had a signed bill from Coop. I spent it on a pub sub. Alan, if you actually spent that bill, I mean, you, 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 you know. Yeah, I mean, listen to me. The whole thing. I don't know if there's something more shameful than losing to Alan Rubin. I lost. What did you lose on? Um, two years ago, uh, it was a Phillies bet. Um, it was a bet that uh, Gabe Kapler would have a uh, better record than the Phillies. Uh, sports bets don't count. That can go either way. That's not a. Yeah, yeah that's. That's I not. Have, that's, I have one. Yeah. I have one from when I was like nineteen that I still have. It's in my drawer here somewhere. Like I, I you never spend yeah. that bill. Yeah, it, 
this is Alan who would go to uh pub pub get a pub sub over a VNS. Yeah. Special. All right, Marvin, go to Publix. <laughs> Marvin, are you ready? Oh, he looks frozen again, dude. Uh oh. Okay. Gotta get that guy. We're gonna start a GoFundMe for the Samo Wi Fi's. Well, All right. I mean, do you want to just play it? I'd play it. Let's let's play. We're gonna play this jam and see if we can name it. All right, let's see if he comes in. I'll uh, I'll bring him back in. Oh, okay, so this is a good one. He's this is a good one. Softball. Because I recognize the song, but I can't fucking name it. This is a softball. They're all softballs for I'm you, Coop. I'm, I'm gonna start making two. Is is Marvin back? I'm, I'm back, but I'm not able to hear the song, and I'm great at this kind of shit. Uh we gotta get. I'll play it again. Why can't you hear? No, it? no. There's wait. I don't hear the guest. Doesn't hear it on our side. I haven't heard any of the ads. I didn't hear the trailer. Really? So, so Marvin, get, when he Marvin, when he plays we it, do this. We do this every week. Our guests can always hear it. This is something I knew. When he yeah. plays it, just get ready and 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 see if it it might it maybe it mutes it for you on your. Are you on an iPad? Yeah, you may maybe try on to an click iPad. unmute. That's what it is. That iPad might be is why. weird stuff. So get ready to unmute it when it when we play it. All right, let me. see. I'll play it now. Tell me when you're ready. Ready. Okay. Uh, oh God. Did you get it? Cool. All right. Rick, you, you gotta love Paul. Tell me when you're ready, and then like five seconds. Right. To, I yeah, know, exactly. I heard like no, I almost, I almost clicked the reveal notes, and I think it's by Rick James. All right, give him one more time. Get ready, Marvin. Hold give on. him one more time. Give me a three, He's... two, one. Come on, Paul. <laughs> he, right, Paul gave you himself a three, two, one. Three, two, one. <laughs> I've heard. I remember it. I don't see a lot of guesses in the chat. It's not Rick oh. James. There's oh, this is so easy. I don't see a lot of guesses in the chat. All right, let's. It's let's actually see. in this in the clip. I mean, let's can, see who it is. You can't make it out. Go ahead. All right, here oh. we go. I want to love you, pretty young thing. You need some loving, and a loving care. Oh, there you have yeah. it. Yeah. Now I yeah. hear it, but yeah. the ooh ah that messed me up because that's nah, it was good. It was good. He did it right because I recognized it. I yeah. just couldn't pin it. So Marvin, I'm sorry, my friend, but you were unable to name that jam. Brought to you by the fine folks over at Avo Cigars. So Great there song. you have it. Great song. Coop, you had it the whole time. Coop? Yeah, well, I see. I heard him bubbling, and then you can see Coop going. And I know well, he has. You know, again, we had a lot of Michael Jackson music played in the house because, for folks who don't know, my dad drove Michael Jackson for quite a while as a driver. So we've talked about it on the yeah. air. Yeah. So we Michael any, Jackson any music was always though, right? in the house. Yeah. We've talked about that. Yeah, oh, I know it's been talked about. When yeah, my Alex, dad, we when talked about this. Passed away. Yeah, when his father passed away. We talked a lot about yeah. about yeah. My, uh, his dad's career and and him driving. How do I fucking not remember that? Yeah, it's uh, and, and, Michael. and Michael Jackson used to like specifically requested him when he was yeah in the yeah area, my, right? my, yeah. yeah. There's something about a driver relationship with what someone has with their driver, and Michael trusted a lot with my dad. And I remember my dad 
was saying Michael had problems that like, you know, cause he was driving him at 18 or 19 and he, he said, this kid's got problems. And he was worried about him. Um, far beyond a lot of the stuff coming out. So. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, great music. Yep. Wow. That's actually, this is actually. Yeah. Little did we know. This he is was actually true here. I think Alan Rubin was in the studio when that happened. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know if that's true. Who else because lost? I believe that's, I believe Steve Sokolov lost. To, yeah. Oh, then they have, yeah, yeah, they're one of the few that have lost. But we set, but we set Saka up, and he he grabbed me by the arm <laughs> after the show, and he was like, "You little fucker." Like, you, Hold you on, we didn't set him up. We discovered that girl when she beat Marvin. I'm, I'm going like, to change routers. Got... Bear with me. This is this is horrible. I apologize to him. They got to bring the girl again. I'm going to change routers. Let me see board. what I, I got. Another route. This girl was this girl was like smart, real smart. But we were giving him like, I mean, I think we were giving them like crazy, crazy difficult questions too with with Sokka. You like we purposely made it difficult for Sokka and easier for the, for her. That's what I remember, remember from that show. And how do you make, knew, a, question, right how do you make a question easier for a stripper? <laughs> how do you do that? What, what color means stop? Oh, yeah. And Sokka, <laughs> get that right? I mean, that, oh, that and Sokka got something sense. like... That uh, made absolutely no yeah, sense. And Steve, in Einstein's, Steve, in Einstein's like, equation... No, yeah, uh, you were asking Sokka <laughs> different questions, right? Right. No. Right. No. They always get asked yes, the same question. No, because if they get it right, we have a different question for the next for the next question. So she would get hers right, and then Sokka would get a more difficult question that he couldn't answer. Dude, I'm telling you, he lost. Dude, he definitely lost. Dude, listen to me. I, I don't know what show you fucking were on. They both had boards, and we asked them a question at the same time, and we gave them time to write it on the board. They both flipped around their answers at the same time. You're right, uh, but regardless, uh, uh, dude, I don't know where you are. Lost, Even when you're on the show, lost. you have no clue what's going on. <laughs> Holy shit! They both got. We made ten questions. They both got asked the exact same ten questions. They had a little clipboard. They would write their answer. We'd say time, and they'd flip it to see who had the right answer. I'll go back and find where he lost, though. He did lose. Saka has he lost. lost, but we had we had a, we you're had right, that. You're ringer, right about this format. You're right. It's we had a, that ringer stripper who was like a college graduate and like knew everything. Thank you, Alan Rubin. I feel better now. That's the person you want on your side. I mean, I'm just. I know. <laughs> I know it's bad when Alan. Rubin. Oh, oh. This is a testament to you, the fact that Alan Rubin is, you know, correcting you. Um, all right, all right. Uh, so uh, while we're waiting Marvin to see you, back. oh, is he back? Okay, Are we good? Back, hear me, see me. I'm literally on a hot spot to my phone right now. That's how bad it is. Are you guys able to hear and see me? Yes. Yes. Unbelievable. You're choppy, okay. but we, we hear you. We hear you perfect. So while we have you on, I want to ask you, you were smoking a cigar when you're out in Lanai. What were you smoking? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I was, I am smoking, was smoking a cigar that I am currently working on with our good friend, Eric Espinosa. Uh, it's a uh -huh. cigar that uses a Connecticut Habano, all Nicaraguan filler and binder. Um I am officially retired from the cigar industry, but you know what? I, I, Are you pulling you a Tom Brady? Because during our pre-show prep, Mr. Teaser Rumor Free shared a rumor with us, and you know, 
we're curious. The rumors on the street is you're getting back in the game. Look, right now, my entire soul. Yeah, yeah, we know, we know. It's about the movie. But we're asking about the cigar. You know what? If the movie What's the purpose of making a cigar? Uh the purpose is to honor my mom and to create some sort of vehicle where the proceeds go towards the an Alzheimer's foundation. Well, that's beautiful. I mean, I'm not if I if I look, I look at some of my friends who were in with, you know, were in one life in the cigar industry, whether it's Steve Saka, Christian Aroa, others you know, Ernesto Perez Carrillo, and I see how hard they're working. Yeah. And it's it's not easy coming back into the cigar industry. And if nope. I had to do it, I feel I could. But I've got twin seven-year-old daughters right now. And I know myself, just like I'm putting everything into my film, if I get into back into the cigar industry, I'm going to put everything back into it and I'm going to miss so much of my daughters growing up. So I have to figure out how to balance family with passion and, and love and interests outside of my family. So that's where I'm trying to figure out the right path forward. And once the film is out, once we've wrapped everything up, then I'm going to sit down and figure out how I can share my love of cigars with all of you with my number one commitment which is to help my wife raise two beautiful daughters well you know enjoy the next five years because that's about how long that lasts because when you start hitting oh, 12 God. and 13 yeah. they start developing lives of their own and oh yeah they're already fans of their own and hanging out with friends of their own and you they start you start they start to go yeah. Look, I was, you know, listening to Abe talk about Petra and her new boyfriend. And first of all, I feel so bad for this kid because Abe, <laughs> girl, no, listen, Abe's a lovable guy. But could you imagine coming oh, home no and that's the, your, your, your girlfriend? He had, he had the pleasure of knowing me as a friend and being over our house before this happened. It's so, actually a necessity because if I met you for the no. first time at 14, 15 years old, I would crap my pants in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine walking into that house, walking yeah. into that house, and he's sitting in a chair, you know, the way he sits in a chair, like, you know, like just yeah. consuming the room and like staring you down and like, yeah, hey, some little kid, like, up? so what are your intentions with it's my easy. It would have been easier for me to do that. It would have been easier for me to do that. To a first-time guy I met, but I already knew this kid and I already seen this kid. Yeah, so what am I going to do? Flip a switch all of a sudden out of the blue? Yeah, you know. that's the thing. You yeah, meet I could see you doing that. Now bear. it's different. Now it's you know. Different. But I, I told my wife literally last night. I said, "Look, he's a good kid. He seems to appreciate her. He treats her nice. He's respectful. You know, as long as he doesn't knock her up, I won't have to kill him." Fair. I mean, that's that's pretty fair. much it. Marvin, I, I literally told my wife. I hope my daughter realizes in the back of her head. God forbid that somebody's going to jail. I mean, it's just. You know. <laughs> Marvin, you've known Abe for longer than than I think any of us. I think I think you're you're a godfather to one of his kids. Let me ask yep. you, do you do you think Abe's gotten soft as he's gotten older? Oh, he's definitely gotten soft as he's gotten as he's gotten older. Let me tell you something. The first time I met Abe, we're like we met a few times, but the first time I actually was aware of Abe was at the 2002 
what was then called the RTDA show in Vegas. And a couple of my guys in my crew were getting into a fight with a couple of other guys over something. I have no idea. And I'm just walking past and I see Abe just go right into the center of things, put his body in between everybody and end it right there. Do you remember that, Abe? Yeah. It was and I, club, and I club. Said that. It was it was you it was one of your parties, it was huge. It was our, I, our, our party. I literally pulled up in a cab, me and Brandy. We, we were showing up late and they were outside and there was a big tuffle going on. I didn't know what the fuck it was. He just walked uh, right into the middle, started literally just grabbing bodies by their shoulders and tossing them and said, Enough of this. It's a party. <laughs> that was it. Over. That was the first time I became aware of Abe in my universe. And we've been friends, brothers ever since. Yeah, fucking lifetime ago. Lifetime, twenty-one years ago. Okay, wow. and that so, yeah. So is this a project that Eric will distribute to retailers? To no, or you guys yet. haven't figured it all out yet. Just we haven't figured it out right now. We're just having fun. We're just having fun blending. I mean, truthfully, we've been blending for almost two years. He developed so the cigars that Marvin in the movie smokes are Eric's cigars, and. Huh. I said, Eric, I want to create a new blend that you create for Sean Astin, who is an occasional cigar smoker. And I, I just, I want it to be real where when he's smoking this blend, it's a real test blend. And that's what he was smoking in the cigar. You, you actually see a cigar maker being handed cigars on multiple occasions that are test blends to see if that blend is right. And that's, cool. that's how it started. I said, Eric, make up a few blends, make sure they don't suck, but they don't have to be perfect. Cause when you're blending, a lot of stuff doesn't work. That's, that's the joy and the beauty of finding that, you know, that pearl, finding that pearl through all the muck, through all the ideas you have and saying, you know what, there's something here in this blend. And I, you know, the, it's kind of like when I was writing my stories, I felt there was something here in those stories. And right now, Eric and I are just having a lot of fun together, just exploring different ideas of what blend. And listen, we might get into a couple of arguments in here and there. You know, Eric's a, a rough kind of guy when it comes to his, you know, and I mean that with love, like he, his cigars are really powerful generally. He likes, you know, Cuban coffee. He likes strong, you know, things that have strength and body to them. I'm a little more refined, believe it or not. So <laughs> we're having, we're having some, some beautiful battles. We're, we're coming through, we're going through a discovery process. Who knows what comes of it? Any, that's I mean, the most uh, open-ended answer. Uh, you know, he, he's become a Hollywood guy. He's learned. No, I just, I, I'm just telling you the truth. I don't have an answer. It's not like I'm, I have this big reveal. I truly is God is my witness. I don't have any idea where this is going other than for the first time in over eight years, I'm enjoying this process of saying, you know what, let's develop a cigar and it's fun. And I do it on occasion with Eric every few months. We try some different cigars. We talk about it. I have a new new batch of test samples that are coming out in the next couple of months for us to smoke just us. And uh, you know what? I'll send you guys a bundle of my cigars right now. Uh, you guys will have it. 
to try. I'll get it to you guys. And you guys let me know what you think. So I know your focus is I'm Mordecai. I get all that and whatnot. But is there an inkling? Do you foresee yourself trying and making, doing it again, making another movie? <laughs> you know, and that's, it's interesting because actually that's where I feel is the reason I've been put on this earth. I, oh, wow. I, I told this story and I had no idea that I was going to, I just wanted to tell this one story and I'm out one time, kind of like what Howard Stern did with private parts. You know, mm -hmm. he made one movie about his life and he's done. The truth is, is a lot of it's going to be out of my hands because I self mostly I had some help with some investors who helped me out. But the vast bulk of this is self-financed. And my life right now, what started as a little budget film has grown after Judd and Carol and Sean and Stephanie joined and, and my team joined. And, you know, Matt Kaczynski, who had seven of John Williams's musicians in my score. Okay, I mean, you know, this grew into something that became greater than what I thought it was going to be. Um, if the film is successful, I already have a, a script that I'm writing right now with my producer, Dahlia Heyman. I have treatments for about 10 different scripts. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah. I've been, I, I, I write down, you know what? For years, I didn't write my stories down when they happened. And over the last like six, seven years, if there's an idea, I just write it down. And guys, I'm no different than any of you. If you have an idea for something, write it down. Who knows, five years later, some idea might connect with another idea and boom, maybe you have a story to tell. If I can do it, you can do it. And I believe that I'm going to make another film but right now I can only focus on getting I Mordecai out to the world. I can't wait to share it with all you guys. And I hope to see you in the movie theater. Go to imordecai.com. Go to imordecai movie on Insta. Go to my Instagram, Marvin Samuel. All of our tour dates, I Mordecai on tour will be there for you. You're gonna get a jar of crumbs cookies when you're there. You're gonna meet my cast members with me and we're going to tell you an unapologetic and raw look into how a cigar maker became a filmmaker. And uh, you'll get to ask questions of me and my cast. It's going to be an incredible experience. It's going to be just like a cigar event, but at the movies. And there you have it from the man himself, Marvin Samuel. I'm Mordecai. That was a lot longer than 97 seconds. Love you guys. Thank Inside you. You can stick around if you want. We're just going to go over some. Yeah, you can stick around. We're just going to go through some stuff for the end of the show and have some fun if you got nowhere to go. But um, go, thank you for coming on, telling us your story again. And I, a lot of people I see in the chat are looking forward uh, to their opportunity to watch this movie. So I can't wait. This sounds great. Good Thanks. stuff. Um, it's that time, man. You, you know, it's been a week. Let's see what's been going on in the cigar industry from the man himself. It's time to see what is the scoop with Coop. What's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com.
Cooper. All right. No, uh, great to do some news again this week. So let's start off. Uh, there's a couple of releases from Scandinavian Tobacco Company that I think of of interest. Um, the first one is they have announced that next month, the 2022 edition of the Cohiba Spectre, coming out a little late, it's coming out in 2023, is uh, scheduled to hit the stores. Now, Spectre, folks aren't familiar, it is the most premium uh, Cohiba made by the non-Cuban um, version of it, owned by Scandinavian Tobacco Company. Um, Great picture, Paul. Yep. That I sent the picture. I, I so blame me. The picture. Blame me. I don't know why it came out. Like that. I don't know why it came out like that either, because it's not like that on mine. But it's um, internet. Yeah, it goes the internet there. Um, but uh, so this is gonna have a premium price point. It's uh, a box of ten of these is gonna go for uh, about thirteen hundred dollars. So the cigars is gonna go for about one hundred twenty nine dollars a piece. Woof. Um, and if you look at the picture, what's kind of unique about the packaging is it has this kind of it opens up and there's kind of this hydraulic uh, system that elevates the cigars up. So they're definitely going all out with the packaging on there as well. Um, the other thing that's kind of interesting about the blend is they created a uh, proprietary hybrid uh, binder of Pelo de Oro and Connecticut that they're growing in the Dominican Republic. So they're using kind of some of their proprietary tobaccos. There. Let me ask you this. I love when they say proprietary. Like, there's no trademarking of uh, <laughs> of something you grow. No, but they're not selling it probably to other people. Right. You know? So they're just keeping it for themselves is really what they're doing here. Got it. Yeah, and, and, and we see a lot of farms and factories do that. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a very premium release here. And uh, I guess it's hitting the stores next month as far as that goes. So, um I have smoked previous editions of the Spectre. Um, the 2019 was really good. That was one that I uh, liked a lot. Um, we were talking a little yesterday about this, and I think you know some of those other packaging uh, options were like really wide and stuff. They weren't really shelf friendly, but this is something that would go great, like you know, on a like something like a vintage room. So uh, you know, definitely something to uh, if you're and, and look, these are cigars for a certain clientele. They're not for everyday smokers. They're, they're but there is an audience for these types of cigars. So, yes, and they sir. have sold these. They have sold these out in the past. So they have been able to sell them. All right. What else you got going on? On the other end of the spectrum, uh, on the forged side of STG, um, they have announced a a value price cigar, um, and it's an extension of the Chillin' Moose line. And uh, the name of the cigar is called the Shady Moose. Um, and what this one is, is uh, it's going to introduce a Connecticut shade wrapper uh, option yeah. into the uh, Chillin' Moose series. Um, this is a series, uh, it's going to be in three sizes uh, Robusto Toro and 6x60. They're going to go between $4.79 and $5.49 per cigar. Um, these Moose cigars have done well for them in the past. That Chillin' Moose has been going well. And, uh, if this is your deal, um, you know, and you want a value price cigar um, in a Connecticut, then go for it. Uh, I, I mean, listen, I'm just going to I'm, I'm say it out loud. I mean, this is like uh, Joe Camel's cousin, Shady Moose. What, like 100%. I mean, like, okay. Joe Camel's cousin. I, you know, you're the first one. That, you said that. It, it, hit all, it made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. You know, I, I'm telling you, it's just mind-boggling from a large organization like that that they just don't see the history of where that kind of stuff has gone. But 
hey, people buying it. No, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they put the character on the packaging. Uh, you know, if they start promoting a shady moose character, I think that's where it was gonna. That's where there'll be a lot of problems. I think too. I don't think that would be a good idea to go. But look at that. Look at that. Yeah, good job. When you saw that. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Does Joe Camel still exist? No. No. That that's oh, yeah. Joe Camel basically instigated a lot of that All shutdown. Of oh yeah. Sure. yeah. Joe Camel was shut down in 09 when the Tobacco Control Act was passed. Yep. Okay. There you there go. You go. Yeah. We're glad Marvin stuck around. I, I, yep. I'm the former Secretary of Cigar Rights of America, so I I well versed in that history. Yeah. I mean the the resemblance is uncanny. <laughs> What else you got, Coop? Um, our friends over at Smoking Tobacco, um, they're going to be running their Cigar Family Charitable Foundation fundraiser again for 2023, and they do this every year um, around their anniversary, and they, uh, the fundraiser supports the uh, CFCF, uh, the foundation owned by the Fuente and Newmans. Um, that's going to kick off on March 17th when the fundraiser opens, and you'll have an ability to buy raffle tickets, and the raffle tickets, people will be donating prizes, and you know, you'll know you be able to win some of uh, the prizes with the raffles. Uh, last year, they raised $51,000. So this was a very significant fundraiser that got a lot of attention, um, and uh, so, you know, Definitely a great, great cause to support. I've, I've been at Matt Tobacco was there with his wife uh, back in November. Uh, it's an amazing place to go see. Um, and like I said, the Fuentes and Newmans, they cover all the administrative costs. So anything going into the uh, raise for the foundation goes right into the foundation there. And it's, it's a very heartwarming thing to see when you go there. And uh, that's kicking off right around the Great Smoke, right? March 17th, that fundraiser yep. starts? Yeah, and, and it's a kickoff is what it is. So there's not like an event that day. It's just the day that the, to, they're going to start selling the tickets. It's going to run for about a month. And then at the end of the month, they'll do a big uh, – they'll do a drawing, and that will be something they do on their show. And, and uh, um, a lot of excitement that's created with that every year because a lot of people donate some really good stuff there. Absolutely. Yeah. We uh, we, we threw in a, a – Abe graciously donated a box of – TGS limited edition Opus X sub yep. in that raffle. Right. Yep. I yeah. Saw no, it. So that's pretty awesome. That's a pretty, uh, and that's pretty, like a, that's a true unicorn out there. So um, you definitely, uh, and they have a lot of good stuff. Like a lot of the cigar companies have gotten behind it. They donate cigars. So it's not just a Fuente Newman thing by any means. Uh, a lot of people have gotten involved with it. Um, on other news, on, on, on less than, um, Saying some happy to do a couple of deaths in the cigar industry this week. So, uh, yeah, the first one, uh, and these are names that were more behind the scenes, so they may not be, uh, but they are people who are very well known in the industry. Uh, Sergio Montolfo, who is the uh, executive vice president of Creek Tech International, uh, which is a large dis distributor, they own a large distributor company, Phillips and King, uh, and Sergio was a part of it. He died suddenly over the weekend. Um, and I know Sergio was a very, very well liked guy in this business. So they didn't uh, say how he died. It was. It they was, didn't say how he died, but it was he, sudden. He didn't. He didn't look that old. No, he was younger than me and you. Oh. I, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't that old. I mean, he looked our age. Yeah, but you it was know, sudden. Late forties, late forties, early fifties. Yeah. It was about guys. I knew. I knew him for many years. He was a custom. You know, he he. We sold cigars through them, and it's very sad. Yeah, I never met him. I never met him, but everyone just told me 
I, I heard nothing but positive things about him. Yeah. Great guy, fun loving guy. Um, my friend Dave Lafferty texted me and called me about this and a few others. And, uh, you know, it's sad when you, when someone who is such a uplifting, positive character dies so young. I, I believe he was 50 years old. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 So very, very sad news. Um, another person, um, again, probably not a name a lot of folks know, uh, Sigrid, Siegfried Marichuka. Uh, he was a tobacco broker uh, in the Dominican Republic for a company called Jose Mendez. They are a big supplier of tobacco to a lot of folks, especially Altidus. He died at the age of 83. So uh, he, again, very well-known person in, on the behind-the-scenes thing and, uh, you know, uh, one, of the, one of the great tobacco uh, brokers that were out of the DR. So uh, he passed away. Um, I don't have details on how he passed away, but he, he was older. He was, like I said, 80, I think he was 83 when he passed. All right. That's our, news. That's our news for this week. A lot of news. And for more information and always up-to-date knowledge, please visit cigar-coop.com. Always rumor and teaser free. That being said, um, I know we didn't put on the, 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 the outline or got forgot, but I want to talk about this because I really find this, and Marvin's got a lot more background with the CAA and whatnot, but you know, there was a study posted yesterday. Um, the Center for Disease Control is is touting this new study they took of American adults, right? They they surveyed American adults on the banning of the sale of tobacco products. All right, they announced the the question basically was. You know, to what extent will you support a policy that prohibited the sale of one menthol cigarettes? Because you know, menthol cigarettes are so much different than regular cigarettes. And to what extent will you support a policy that prohibits the sale of all tobacco products in general? And they strongly support, somewhat support, somewhat opposed, strongly opposed. And fifty, where's the number here? Fifty-seven point three percent of adults supported a ban on all tobacco products. Now, my question is, why is the CDC running this study? What is people's opinions on whether they feel something should be banned or not really do anything for what they're supposed to do as an organization? Is, is their policy now run by popular opinion, not scientific fact? Yes. They're, they're trying to justify their answer, distance. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. It's Short a answer is yes. Yeah. It's a political... Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead, Mark. Well, it, this is completely a political move. And if you remember, think about 20 years ago. Anytime you're at a doctor's office, they would ask, do you smoke cigarettes? What's the question now at the doctor's office? Do you smoke tobacco? Do you take tobacco? That didn't just happen overnight. That was a massive movement. And what that does is it lumps premium cigars with other tobacco products. And that's where the front line is organizations like Cigar Rights of America, who are trying to educate both lawmakers, regulators, that 
premium cigars are very different than other tobacco products. And the only long-term survival for the cigar industry is to continue pounding that into the minds of lawmakers that this is an artisanal product that's generally not addictive, that our nation's youth aren't partaking in. And that's the reason why the CDC and the American Cancer Society, et cetera, are what they're doing is they're trying to lump all products together because it's in their best. Listen to me, I get it. I still don't see how the American population doesn't see that there is no reason why the Center for Disease Control is pulling for a public opinion. Their job is not based on public opinion. Their job is to control the spread or prevention gotcha. of diseases. Why the I, fuck are they why the fuck are they messing with popular opinion? This is such BS and political bullshit that this that our tax dollars was even wasted on polling sixty four hundred adults. For what? To what effect? To what avail? It's just this is the most asinine thing I've read this week. What's what's even more alarming to me, as I was saying yesterday when we were talking about this, is imagine the studies that they aren't getting published that probably they're conducting that they're wasting money on. Of course, this would have never gotten published if if the numbers didn't come out the way. Of course, yeah, yeah. And the numbers don't mean shit. Yep, numbers don't mean shit. What are you gonna do? You gonna start banning McDonald's because everybody's got cholesterol, high blood pressure, and childhood obesity is rampant? You know, if I mean, I'm I not mistaken, the that. number one the number one killer in the U.S. is still heart disease, right? From poor eating so, or, or well, diseases related to obesity. I can't fathom why it wouldn't be. So <laughs> that's some bullshit, man. I just want yeah. to touch base on that and get it out there. I really, when I saw that, that really just bothered me. It's just the most asinine, ridiculous thing I've seen all week. So that being said, we yeah, are happy. Number one, we are happy to announce. And Marvin, you could probably chime in on your 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 one of your top picks here. But we're happy to announce the official start now that we're all here, and Paul has graced us with his presence this week. <laughs> um, to start, is this season six? Season six. Season six of Tale of the Tape. Let's run it. <laughs> Now, I have to say, I didn't realize how hard this was until I started doing it. This is like literally impossible. That's why I narrowed my field. Yeah, I I understand now. It literally is impossible because you don't know. Do you do it by genre, by era? I mean, you can go back forever. I mean, it's just too much. It's way too much. It literally was impossible to figure out any kind of systematic way to say who my top 10 female heartthrobs are. So Mm -hmm. I just kind of copped out into who my heartthrobs were growing up. You know, and who I I thought of it. Yeah, and, and that's how that's how I do. We lose Coop. Yes, we lost Coop. I, I'm I'm messaging him now. We're on the lookout for him. I'm taking it. Yeah, I'm taking care of it. Don't just keep going. But Abe, why don't you go ahead and start it off? So you know, this this one, I, I'm just utterly attracted to this girl, and it was really really funny because um, I got on my cell phone with my wife last night. 
and <laughs> there were images of her, you know, where I'm like, oh, she's like, yeah, she's really wondering why the fuck am I Googling this chick? And, you know, I had to tell her about our new tale of the tape. And um, my wife recognized her. I, I fell in love with her in, in, in a couple early series. And I don't know what it is about her. I, you know, she's somewhat Iranian. Maybe there's some uh, uh, cultural DNA, but I find her utterly attractive and her smile and her disposition. And then to boot, my wife recognizes her and tells me about this Netflix series she's in where she's like naked everywhere. I'm like, thank you, honey. I'm going to start watching that series tonight. Um, let me see. But it's Sarah Shahi. Um, some of you may recognize this girl is stunning. Ooh. Now, of course, I picked one of her sexier pictures, but even just her normal smiling picture is she's a pretty girl, and she you know she comes she may you know may not be as well known as a lot of bombshells, but to me she does the trick. So she comes in at my number ten of female bombshells. I don't know who she is, but I like her. Hold on, I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna Google. I bet you if you see, because that's like a really sultry picture I picked. But if I bet you if I Google um, her regular face, you'll you'll you know not in this girl. You might recognize her. Alex, do you know her? I don't know. No, when he sent it to me, I didn't recognize. I didn't know her either. Yeah, she's been on Fairly. She has a series called Fairly Legal, and um, beautiful. Her Netflix series, which I'm I'm gonna get ready to get into, is is uh, what's it called here? Let me see here. My wife, oh, Sex Life, Sex Life. But she's she's all over. But she's been in Black Adam, Persons of Interest. She was uh, in the L World. But her series fairly legal played for a while. Um, I think she played in the series where I really fell in love with her, where she played like this uh, shrink, sports shrink. Uh, for, uh, it didn't last too long. I think it was only a season or two. Um, she looks like a shrink. I'm trying to see if I can find the name of it. But yeah, she's a character actress. But yeah, I'm definitely going to watch this uh, this sex life series. Man. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. watch it too. I'm putting it in my favorites now. <laughs> All right, Paul, go ahead. What do you got? Uh, oh, well, this is a little bit of a similarity between our first picks, I guess, uh, number 10 picks. Uh, I guess it's no surprise to anyone that I went the Disney route because, again, oh, gosh, Snow White. So I picked uh, the top 10 Disney heartthrobs from, uh, from Disney movies, and I started with uh, one of the ultimates, Pocahontas. Good pick. I don't mind from, a good pick. From her her self titled movie Pocahontas, I don't know, man. When I was when that movie came out, to me she was like, I was like, damn, all right, they're doing the right thing around here now. Now listen, bro, I'm going to tell you something. I mean, all right, you went the cartoon way, and I could see some legitimate cartoon hotness, Jessica Rabbit and whatnot. Pocahontas, really? You don't think Pocahontas is hot? Oh no, no way, no, does nothing for me. No, in the world of cartoons, she's nowhere in the top ten. Dude, look at her. The 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 fat witch from 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 uh, uh what's Little the Mermaid? Mermaid movie? Yeah, she's hotter than Pocahontas. Uh, I don't know something about her in that in that Peggy Hill. King of the Hill is better. Wearing, there's no there's no more truer comment than this statement right here. <laughs> <laughs> Allison, I'm trying to go with a theme. All right, that's that's I, I had uh, limited choices. I mean, there's your. <laughs> All right, let's move on. 
All right. So for my number 10 pick, like I said earlier, I decided to narrow the field down and I'm going to be working out of the realm of uh, R&B and hip hop heartthrobs. And my number 10 pick is Lil' Kim. Great so Lil', Lil Kim was was dynamite when she first came out. And she she's like the, the trailblazer of uh, the female sex appeal rapper um she was really the first one to take on that role yep. and to be honest she would have been much higher on my list had she not turned to michael jackson in her later years because this yeah. little kim and the little kim of today is totally early early little kim you know that was was, was a little depressing about doing this because looking at some of your older heartthrobs and you googled them and, and, and you see the current pictures oh my god <laughs> like, oh what happened <laughs> oh my gosh some of them got real bad, real bad. They plastic like surgery themselves to one. death. Oh, yeah. To death. To Coop, death. what do you got? All right. So I took this as heartthrobs of all time, and I went through the story of my life, and I went back a ways. Um, I went back to about 1980, and uh, she was a character on the um, TV show Dallas. She played Pam Ewing. Uh, okay. It's Victoria Principal. Victoria was a hottie in her day. That's a, that's, good, that's, a that's a great, respectable pick. Man. This is what I'm telling you. This was impossible because yeah. there's a lot of Victoria principles and whatever. But yeah, man, she had those workout videos. That the came workout, out for a while. yes. Oh, what are leotards like her? I mean, it was incredible. Yeah, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. I mean, and that was the thing when she was doing those exercise videos Ooh. and stuff. That was a big, big deal. I mean, yeah. I think, so. I think I may have had some private moments with Victoria Principal. Uh, we I all did, man. I know yes. I did. I feel like I want to make a bet that Olivia Newton-John makes Coop's list. No, we're gonna no. have all like seventies and eighties folks on there. I, I, I have a wide. Fun. I think I have a wide range of it. It's hard, man, because like I mean, there was a lot of people. Like I wanted to go way back, but you know, it was. It was it, this was harder. This is way yeah. harder. This, than I, I wanted to reflect the story of my life, kind of. So, you know, so that's yeah. why you're gonna see a lot of these. There's some newer ones and some older ones I have on. Here. That is a solid number ten cube. Very. Oh, thanks. If I'm a few Abe, that means a lot. No, that's a solid ten, man. Yeah. Well done, Marvin. Oh man! Give us one of your childhood bombshell heartthrobs. Childhood? Anyone? Anyone? All right. The the first time I got a little tingling as a little boy was <laughs> what's the mom's name? The Partridge family. I don't know why. Oh no! Not Shirley Partridge. Oh no! Little <laughs> kid. Well, listen. You can always. You go might as well say Carol Brady. <laughs> no, no, oh no! no. no. <laughs> um. The actress's kid, name is look, Shirley Mae Jones. I'll tell you. I'll tell you another. Um, Rebecca De Mornay. Oh yeah. Tom Cruise movie. Sometimes yes. you gotta see what the fuck. Um, Tom uh, Tom Cruise and the one where she plays the nanny. Oh yeah. No, oh, yeah. he plays the the hooker. Yeah. And he's going to. He's going. In fact, my God, what is no, the that's name risky of that? business. Risky business. But she also did the one where she like takes the hand that rocks the cradle. The hand that rocks the cradle. So, yeah, but she's another one that kind of went south. But if I'm going to look at, you know, think of to me as a filmmaker, I look at some of the actresses, actors that are portraying that are in films today, you know. And again, I got to be careful because who knows? Maybe I get the opportunity to work with one of these people, <laughs> you know, one of these amazing actors. But you know, I feel that some of the most talented, you know, actresses right now working out there today, Rachel Weitz. She was in The Constant Gardener. And great actress. Great actress. Jennifer Connelly. 
um, amazing actress, uh, Rosario Dawson. Amazing. Something. I'm going to tell you something. I'll, I'll say it. I was in love with Rosario Dawson. I I mean, what was the movie with? Um, well, she debuted in Norton, the one with Ed Norton, eleven hours or something, where he gets hour Spike Lee film. She was. Let me tell you something. That's when I fell in love with Rosario Dawson, it's man. Great. And, and she, she didn't she didn't make my top ten, but God, I, she was on my list. One of my favorite movies, obviously, Alexander with Colin Farrell. You can catch a full-on Rosario Dawson in that movie. She's she's he's great. Fine. He got game, and that was her yeah. first Spike Lee movie. Yeah, she's Lala, fine. Uh, Jesus Shuttleworth's girlfriend. Yeah, uh, yeah, she was. She was an she's an amazing actor. She just a few years ago she did a film with uh, with Chris Rock called uh top five check it out it's it's uh i believe chris rock wrote it as well and it's kind of like based on what he was going through at the time he was getting a divorce etc it didn't get much play but check it out it's, it's a, one of chris rock's best films he's ever made well there you have it yeah uh, using kids too wasn't she that's her debut she was in kids With kids there you have it, week one of Taylor Tape Season 6. Uh, keep following us every week to see who's going to end up in our top 10. Uh, another great episode this Saturday. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We hope, best way to start your Saturdays, we hope you laughed, we entertained you, had a little fun today. Marvin, thank you for coming on. Deep thank appreciation. Uh, everybody's wishing you all the success in this movie. This is a thank great you. movie. I think it's going to be highly talked about. Um, as soon as it gets out there and people start seeing it, kudos to you, my friend. It's Thank one thing, you. it's one thing to dream and it's another thing to make it a reality. So yeah. that was a, that's a big feat. Um, if you're following us on uh, Facebook, uh, check us out, follow us on smoking social. If you're on Facebook, it's probably one of the best groups out there on Facebook. Just it, answer three questions. We'll let you in and keep following us with more great smoke news. Southern Draw Evening Stock. If you got a great smoke ticket on sale now, enjoying the crap out of this cigar. Until next week, everybody, keep it lit.